You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. A few weeks before Christmas, I was driving somewhere that I'm at the moment driving really regularly. It's about a 50 minute drive, but I know that commute like the back of my hand. I know the little tips and, you know, the things that you need to do to avoid, you know, what everybody is doing because I do that route a lot. And so I was driving on autopilot, but on this day, Google started to speak to me, Google Maps. I thought it's the voice of God and looked down. I just realised it was just Google Maps. They were telling me to go a route that I'd not been before. And I thought, Google, I've got a decision to make because I do this route a lot. I do this route. I know how to get to this place. I could do it in my sleep. And what I did is what everybody else in this room would do. I ignored Google. (laughs) <laughs> okay, some people are with me. Some of you are like, you, you just stepped into every wrath that was coming your way through disobedience. And uh, I stepped into that zone and what was a 50-minute drive turned into a two-and-a-half-hour drive because I was living by presumption. I was, I was living by what I knew to be familiar to me and Often the most dangerous parts of our lives are the most familiar parts of our lives. We know them so well that we do them by autopilot. And we can do the same in life where we arrive at certain points in life and we don't even know how we've got there. You reach a certain milestone and you think, how have I ended up here? And you can even maybe track back and there was the voice of a friend or the voice of a pastor or or the voice of God to you that was speaking at certain junctions or moments and you knew better and so you, you stayed on the familiar path. And now you can end up thinking, how have we ended up here? It's taken so long to make so little progress. The same can be true on a Sunday. Because we know the routine of a Sunday. We know when to stand up. We know where we should sit. We know uh, when we should say amen. (laughs) Cue the amen. We know when to stand, when to shout. We know where to get the coffee. We know where the toilets are. We know who to speak to. We know who to avoid. Should we say that? No, not in this church. We, we know all of those things. And so Sunday is just so routine. And you can get to Sunday lunch and you think, what's just happened? Has anything actually changed in my life? And this next few, five, six weeks, we're speaking on the why behind the what of our Sunday gatherings. Because what we wanna do is we wanna be strong and we wanna be deep. And the reason we do what we do on a Sunday is to feed the sheep, is to encourage us to go stronger in our faith and to dive deeper into our faith. 
And so we wanna rekindle the flame, rekindle the fire, rekindle the zeal, the passion, the enthusiasm that, that when we first arrive and we begin to sing that first praise song, we're ready to go because we've brought the praise it with us. When we're encouraged to lift our hands, we understand why we lift our hands and we honour God, we worship Him. When we hear the Word of God, we understand that people have paid the price for us to have the Bible in our hands. And we understand it's God's Word written on pages for us. And so we're gonna tune our ears in when God's speaking through His Word. And so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna understand the why do we pray? The next seven days, if we're gonna emphasise something for seven days, is why we pray. And so tomorrow we're gonna start with a fast, just three days. We're gonna, we're gonna put something aside and we're gonna lean in, we're gonna tune in to God. Every day this week we can pray together online and there's gonna be different things happening. But seven days from now, we wanna encourage you to start 2023 with a renewed passion and a renewed fervour to pray. Listen to what James chapter five says, verse 13 to 18. Write that scripture down because you can read this every day this week. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise, which is prayers with a tune. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and God will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, because you've been forgiven, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. That's why we pray together, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Elijah, anytime you're passing through Manchester, you're welcome, throw up a prayer for us. Wow. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its, its crops. I love this. Elijah was a man just like us. The only difference was he prayed earnestly. He prayed passionately. And we believe that as a church, if we turn up the temperature and turn up the heat and turn up the fervour with our prayers and we begin to seek God, then He will be found. If we begin to ask, then He will answer. And God is more than able to answer every prayer that we offer to Him. Why do we pray? The first reason we pray is that prayer connects. Prayer connects. Genesis chapter four is the first mention of people uh, post the fall praying to God, speaking to God. And the Bible says that men began to speak or reach out. Men began to seek the Lord. Men begin to realise that, that what we're doing here in the natural is not enough. 
There's got to be something more. There's got to be something beyond us. And we hear that from that moment, people begin to seek God. They don't have a preacher telling them, encouraging them. They don't have a free prayer journal. They don't have an online prayer meeting. But people begin to seek something of the eternity that's within them. It causes them to look beyond themselves and say there's got to be something bigger and better and more powerful than this. And so men begin to seek God. And we see all through the Old Testament, all the heroes of the faith reaching out and seeking God. The truth is any close relationship is built up over time and with consistency. Your deepest and most powerful and most important personal connections are not the person that you had a one-off DNM with. You had a really good, deep and meaningful and you spoke to them for hours, but then you never spoke to them again. The most important relationships in your life are actually the people that you do life consistently with. Because it's in the life that you pick up what people like, what their habits are, who they are, their frame of reference, their worldview. You pick up all sorts about a person, not through one DNM, not through one altar call with God, but rather through consistent speaking with Him. Definition of prayer is that prayer is consistent communication and communion with God, whether audible or inaudible, whether individual or corporate. It's that consistent communication. Some things you might not know about your campus pastor here in Manchester, Paul Reed, man of faith that he is, is his favourite tea is Yorkshire tea. He is very particular about his tea. So don't make his tea for him because he probably won't be happy. He likes it very specifically. Another thing about him is he will always be carrying with him a little pot of hand sanitizer, this lemon flavour. He'll always have it. So you can ask him at any time for lemon fizz and he's got it with him. Another thing that you might not know about your campus pastor, Paul Reed is that he supports Everton. Yeah, no one knows much about them, but apparently they're... He, another thing about Paul Reed is he, he just loves talking. He loves people and he will talk to anyone about anything at any time. He just wants conversation. He actually processes through out loud, verbally through conversation. And so those things you don't find out from Paul in one deep and meaningful, you don't find those things out through one conversation. You find out through what seems unimportant, an insignificant moment, a little moment here, a moment there, but through the rhythm of consistent relationships, you pick up the character and the nature of the person. And the same is true with God is when you make prayer, not just an altar call on a Sunday, but you make it a regular rhythm of your life. You start to pick up God's character, His nature. You pick up the things that God likes 
and the things that God dislikes. You pick up the parts of your life that God would rather you, you, you just shave off some of the sharp edges or just change some things. It's through the regular, consistent pattern of prayer, communication with God. And so God connects, uh, so prayer connects us with God. But what prayer corporately also does, it connects us with God, but it also connects us with one another. One of the most powerful things we can do in a relationship is to pray together. There's nothing like that moment where you've stood with someone and you've prayed and you've believed together for something that that person is believing for. More powerful than when you've asked someone, I've got an, an area here that I need some prayer for. Would you stand with me and pray with me? That connection, there's an instant connection between you both to God that connects you together as well. And so when we gather on a Sunday and we pray before our services in teams and we pray as soon as we sing, it's just it's prayers through, through music. And we pray when someone comes up and we, we move into a moment, just, just let's believe for this and let's believe for breakthrough. And we pray during the preaching. And at the end of a, a message, we, we look for a response and we, uh, we encourage you to go to prayer areas. All of this prayer on a Sunday is about us connecting with God and connecting with one another. It's ensuring that we understand our faith is not just individual, but our faith is also corporate. When Jesus taught us to pray, He didn't say pray uh, my Father. He said pray our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. He He taught us to pray with corporate language. Because there's something powerful about when the bride of Christ, the church, comes together and we pray through song and we pray through encounter and we pray through our prayer walls and we pray midweek and we pray in our small groups. God is helping us to connect with Him, but also connect with one another. I want to encourage you, if you feel isolated today, you feel alone, just take the walk to the prayer area and ask someone to pray with you. And you see what connection happens, not only with your your connection with God, but you've also got someone that says, I'm gonna check in next week. Let's see how we're doing. Let's pray again. Let's pray until we see the breakthrough. Let's pray until something happens. Come on, who believes as we pray together, God is gonna strengthen us. God is gonna deepen us. Come on, it says we pray together. The second thing, pray, prayer connects, but the second thing is prayer works. Prayer actually works. Newsflash, prayer works. God wants to answer prayers according to His will. James chapter five and verse 15, the prayer offered in faith, it will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. Prayer is an entreaty to God. It's, it's reaching out beyond ourselves. It's saying, okay, there's something missing here when I try and come up with all the solutions. I'm not, my, I'm not the solution to everything that I need in 2023. 
What I need is not more self-care. What I need is not more self-help. What I need is not more self-development. What I need is I need God. I need you, Jesus. I need you to move in my life. I need you to transform my mind. I need you to transform my heart. I need you to transform my habitual actions. I need you to transform my speech. I need you to transform how I treat others. God, I need a transformation. I need you to move in my life. Come on, my answers are not gonna be found from within. They're gonna be found from without. They're gonna be found from the God of heaven who reaches into your life and reaches the innermost deep parts of your life and His Word reaches those areas. I've been trying so hard to deal with this thing and it just won't go. I I just keep doing the same thing and saying the same thing and thinking the same thoughts and I've tried so hard with all of my focus. Maybe that's been the problem in 2022. Maybe what we need to do is put more focus on our knees and say, God, I've tried and I'm failing. I need an intervention because prayer works. Prayer is not only about a connection, but prayer is about bringing the Kingdom of Heaven on earth. Didn't Jesus pray? Come on, pray. Let the Kingdom come. Let it come on earth as it already is in heaven. And when we pray, we connect with God, we connect with each other, and we also understand, God, we see Your Kingdom in operation. Through the Word of God, we understand how uh, the Kingdom of God operates and what it is. And we're desperate, God, that, that we would be a reflection of that here on earth. So God, come on, keep speaking, keep illuminating, and may we be conduits of Your Kingdom on earth. That's what happens when we pray. Come on, we're praying His kingdom on earth. And we don't see it. And so we say, no, God, Your kingdom is this. And so we go again, God, may Your kingdom come on earth as it already is in heaven. Prayer works more in a moment than I can work in a lifetime. Charles Spurgeon had a church, a mega church in the 19th century. And this church was fired 6,000 people on a Sunday. Everybody was hearing about about the church. The presence of God was tangible. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, and people were flocking to church. And a group of ministers came to see what all the fuss was about, came to Charles Spurgeon's Culture Summit. Like, what's going on at this church? Why is God moving? And as they come, they ask him, tell us some things. What is going on with the church? And Charles is giving these ministers a tour of the building and the auditorium. And they're like, well, yeah, it's a big room. I guess we knew that because the amount of people flocking to church. But, but tell us more about the church. We don't just want to see the building. What's going on? And he said, first of all, let me take you downstairs to the boiler room. Steam was the power of the day. And these ministers were thinking, we don't want to go down there. It's hot, it's sweaty, it's dirty. Why do we need to see the boiler room? We don't want to see what power you've got and what's going on. He said, no, just come down just for a few moments and then you'll see a little bit closer what's going on. And as he went down into the boiler room with this group of young ministers, 
all the young ministers saw was a group of 100 people on their knees praying. And Charles Spurgeon looked at them and he said, this is my boiler room. See, without the boiler room being in full operation, the rest of the mill grinds to a halt. And we need our own boiler rooms. We need our rooms of prayer where we understand, God, I'm gonna be fervent in this moment, whether it's your car, whether it's on the way to work, whether it's your commute. But we also need to create on a Sunday, a boiler room of His church, understanding something happens together that only happens together. Because God's designed us to be together. Sundays is a powerful day where God's presence is gonna be manifest. We're gonna see Him move amongst us. We're gonna hear the testimony of others and be encouraged and our faith is gonna be stirred. We're gonna be singing together and hear the songs of all of His church going up like fragrance as an offering to God. We're gonna see God moving through powerful response like fire to earth. This is what happens when we come to church and we understand we're a prayerful people and we pray fervently in worship. May your kingdom come. And we're saying, God, as we pray now, we believe you are gonna move in our lives. Come on, and even if you've had a great week and you don't feel like you need it, somebody in this room does. And as they hear you worship, their faith is lifted. And as we pray, we believe that God is moving. John 14, verse 14. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. See, prayer is not according to our ability. It's not according to our intelligence. It's not according to our liturgy. Our prayers are not according to, uh, you know, we know how to pray. Our prayers are in accordance with His name, with the name of Jesus. It's at the name of Jesus that every knee must bow. And we believe as we pray, the name of poverty must bow in His presence. We believe as we pray, the name of sickness must bow to the name of Jesus. We believe as we pray. Come on, the name of lack must bow in the name of Jesus. We believe the name of isolation and loneliness, it must bow at the name of Jesus. As we pray and as we speak about our names, we understand that prayer works. And so as we pray, in the Name of Jesus. It's not about my words. It's not about learning how to pray. It's not about learning, oh, these people pray really well. I've got to learn what they say and say what they say. No, when you pray simply in the Name of Jesus, that's where the power is. That's where the power is. Come on, ask anything in my Name. Ask anything. Remember what I said about doing life with people? where you understand their likes, their dislikes, their needs, their, what they like. It's in that context of consistent relationship. We begin to ask prayers that God wants to answer, yes. We begin to ask prayers that are not self-centric. They're not about my own promotion. They're not about my elevation. They're not about God, can you give me some stuff? Our prayers are more attuned and aligned to God, what, where God wants to throw His response. 
And so the more mature, the more stronger and the deeper I get in faith, the better my prayers are. And when I pray in the Name of Jesus, He's ready to answer like that. Come on, we can pray in the Name of Jesus with faith and believe that He is ready to hear. He's ready to answer. The last thing is this, that prayer enlarges. The prayer of Jabez. I dare you to pray it, 1 Chronicles 4.10. Jabez cried out to God. When you hear about prayer in the Bible, you're not, you're not hearing about, yes, Lord, we just pray you do, do something. You're hearing language like cry, called out. The people shouted out. People were declaring. People, there was a desperation. And the Bible says here, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me. You would enlarge my territory. Prayer enlarges our territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I may be free from pain. And, the, and God granted His request. See, when we pray, we enlarge every aspect of our life. We enlarge our faith. We enlarge our thinking. We enlarge our capacity. Because Martin Luther who said, I'm just so busy so much to do that I can't afford not to pray for three hours a day. <laughs> he had so much to do that he knew the only way I'm gonna get through what I need to do is to spend three hours praying in the morning. You see, he knew the non-negotiables. He knew that the hours spent in prayer were multiplied, were multiplied. The, the efficiency and effectiveness of one moment in prayer totally outweighs many moments of activity. And when we understand that when we come together on a Sunday and we're giving God the first day of our week, we're committing the first hours of the first day of the week to God, we're saying, I'm gonna make that non-negotiable as you guys do here today. As we commit to that as a regular rhythm and habit, what we're doing is saying, God, you first. And this couple of hours here is gonna result in 20 hours of efficiency and effectiveness. That I could have been working at things, I could have been doing things, but no, I wanna give my first words to God. I wanna give my first entreaty, not to something that's within me, but to something that's beyond me, more powerful, has more authority. His Name, Jesus, is where all the power is. Come on, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you just to tune your ear in, tune your heart in. Just allow God to begin to speak to you. I believe God's Holy Spirit is with us. As we gather together on a Sunday, there is a power in the gathering of His church. There's a presence that's tangible when His people meet. The temple in the Old Testament was thick with the presence and power of God. The same is true today, the 21st century, that God is moving right now. God is moving. God is moving. And He's moving right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Fill this sanctuary, this, this room that we're in, but fill our sanctuary, the room of our heart. Come and fill every person. 
come and connect together as we look corporately to connect with You, God. We know, God, You're working in this place. You're moving. You're answering prayers in accordance to Your will. God, You're enlarging in this moment. We recognise as we pray together that You're enlarging our capacity. You're enlarging our thinking. You're enlarging our revelation of who You are, God. You're enlarging every aspect of our life. God, we come to You in the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. Every knee must bow. Every tongue will confess, Jesus, You are Lord. You are number one. Come on, who's going stronger? Who's committed to going deeper? Come on, lean in, tune in. Presence of God, fill us. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.